you got to turn it on. That's how those things work. I'm going to talk for 15 to 20 minutes, and then we are uh, going to be able to kind of walk through the space and uh, leave if you need to. We're going to spend some time praying and hopefully be out of here by 7 o'clock. Um, one, I just want to echo the thanks of, uh, that even Jason mentioned. Our setup team has been here all day. So uh, will you all just give it up for Chaz and Sam and the team? Our kids workers, our kids workers have been going back and forth, Robin and Lydia and the other crews trying to get all this <laughs> set up. Um, we were here last Monday and we're like, how are we going to do kids here? It's like, you know, dead crickets everywhere. And, and you, so you clean them up and then they come back. I don't know where they're coming from. Um, this is a pretty unique, uh, a new, unique spot for us, and um, I, it's a little overwhelming for me to even think about it. You know, growing up, my, my mom and dad were church planters and um, planted a couple churches and then started ministries in other traditional churches, but my dad always had this thing that anywhere you would go, he would look at an empty building and he would say, that'd, make a good, that'd, make a, that'd be a great place for church. That'd be a great place for church. And... Um, and, uh, and my family has that curse, too, because uh, every time I drive by Fred's over there, I'm like, that'd be a great place for a church. And every time I drove by this building, I was like, man, that'd be a great place for a church. Um, and, uh, and, and now it's about to be a church. So um, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, in 2 Timothy uh, 2, I'm going to read a little passage of scripture. I promise this is going to be so short. Uh, my exhortation of this passage. He says in 2 Timothy 2, uh, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that's in Jesus Christ. And what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in the suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in it. Remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. This is a historic night for us, and I feel like we're on the cusp of a major shift for our church. But I also think the most important thing that we did today was what we did just a minute ago as we were praying for our mission partners. I love this passage that we just read because we see the Apostle Paul pouring his heart out for his son in the faith, Timothy. Timothy's pastoring a really hard church to pastor in Ephesus, full of influential idols, and the Temple of Artemis is there. Timothy's discouraged. He's running low. He's on the struggle bus, however else you say it. This, he's just not having a good season of ministry. And uh, he's there because pushing back the kingdom of darkness is a hard job. And it can be so discouraging and so frustrating. I can't imagine what the Lazarenes are feel feeling. Um, as they had literally traveled and built their life with doctor's degrees in dark, 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 dark places. And then they're moving out of that. So Paul's encouraging Timothy, telling him to surround himself with a certain kind of people, certain kind of leadership to help shoulder and lead uh, uh, the ministry and share the load of the ministry. Take what you've heard from me, he says, and invest it into other people. 
what I've taught you, you begin to teach them and them go on and teach even more disciple making disciples. And I don't have time to teach the whole passage, but I, I want to just bring up, he, he uses these four quick illustrations to make one point. He uses the first as the teacher principle, share what you learn. And if the first time you've ever heard this passage, you can jot these down. This is, this, is, this is great, that you should take what you've learned, what's been entrusted to you, and you should share it with other people. Basically, this is the discipleship model of the New Testament. I grew up in a teacher's home myself, and I even taught myself for a little bit. And can we just be honest? Teaching can be the worst. It can literally be the worst. You get paid less than a Starbucks employee. Uh, you have to deal with more than we have time to, to talk through. We've got rubrics and benchmarks and apathetic kids and entitled parents. Can I get an amen from some of the teachers in the room? And then someone who hasn't been in the classroom for a very long time is going to come and observe you and evaluate you and tell you if you're a good teacher or a bad teacher. But teachers don't do it for the money. They'd be doing something else. And they don't do it for the accolades. They'd be doing something else. You know why they do it? They do it because they're able to invest their lives in students. They're able to pass it on. And most teachers I know live for that moment when the light bulb comes on in the mind or the heart of a kid. And they're able to put fuel on the few embers this little kid has, no matter what background they come from. And that's why they do it. This is the teacher principle. You know, everybody wants a great teacher. The problem is that no one wants to do the work. Everyone wants a good grade. No one wants to study to master these concepts. Next, the soldier principle. Focus on the missions, the point. He says to Timothy, uh, don't get caught up in civilian affairs. And there's nothing wrong with civilian affairs. Paying rent, cooking dinner, going on vacation. This is not a diss at civilian life. Civilian life can be a great life. It's just a reminder that spiritual leaders are fighting a spiritual battle. And when you dress for civilian life, but you're in a battle, um, you're going to get a rude wake-up call really quickly. Basically, what he's saying is we don't have time to argue about uh, the land yap of things. You're, you're a soldier. And the truth, and you probably know it, everybody wants their freedom, but nobody wants to fight for it. Then there's the athlete. He says in the athlete principle to play by the rules. Meaning don't take the shortcut, don't cheat the system. To be a great athlete, it's going to take a thousand hours of training to go into one day of competition. I live with a couple runners in my house and I see the work that they put in and how they work and work and work and run and run and run and run. So that one day, they train for hours and hours and hours and hours so that one day, when the race comes, they'll be ready. And take that to the next level for people who do this professionally or in the Olympics, watching how many blueberries they eat so they can shave milliseconds off their times. But most people don't want to put in the work of training. We'd rather just go buy the latest gear to look cute, to take some kind of pill that'll give us the edge. My Paul is telling Timothy, Timothy, don't do that. Athlete principally, athlete play, plays by the rules. Don't look for the shortcuts. Put in the work. See, everybody wants to win, but nobody wants to practice. Nobody wants to sacrifice. It's the athlete principle, soldier principle, teacher principle. Finally, the farmer principle, he says. He says, the farmer gets the first share of the crops. I love the farmer principle. We focus on this for a year now. You plant what you want to grow. 
plant what you want to grow. Have you ever tried to grow anything? I mean, my, my growth, growing things is like going to Brookshire's and, and buying the vine-ripened tomatoes and hoping it's not, they're not charging me for the vine on them because that would make me upset. This is, but there's some of you in here who actually are good at this and you know what it's like to grow passionate about their vegetables. You know how they, you know their passion is because they show you pictures or they text you pictures. Look at the cucumbers, man. The cucumbers are coming up. And you're like, I'm zooming in. I, I don't know if I see anything there. It's that, is that a cucumber? You know how grandparents show you pictures of grandkids. Farmers show you pictures of their, of their produce. They're just real excited about it. I was reading an article last week about uh, farmers who play Mozart so their tomatoes grow in. And I think that's funny. But I also think it's funny that someone thought, hey, I wonder if Mozart would help these tomatoes. <laughs> and I do love that the article mentioned that it was Mozart, not Weird Al or something like that. You know, it's like a, no diss to Weird Al. And they do all this work and they cultivate the soil and they water in the right amount of sunlight and they shade it and unshade it. And they do all this. And then the deer eat it or the rabbits come in. And then there's fences and pesticides and all the, all the things. Here the passage is, the farmer gets the first share. You know why? Because the farmer appreciates it more than anyone else that eats it. The farmer who put in all the work, when they taste it, they taste Mozart. They taste, man, look, look at what this is. See, everybody wants the harvest, but nobody wants to pull the weeds. I know tonight we have some of the very best of the best in this room. You guys aren't in it for the shortcuts. Some of you have been with us for over a decade. You came when there was even no even allusion to a building. Like this is what it is. And as a matter of fact, if you're here more than three minutes, we need you to serve in kids. We need you on your off week to be in uh, the, the cargo. And we need you to give like way more money than you've ever given. Uh, like way more. Like no more vacations, no more Christmas. We got to get these missionaries to Myanmar. We got to, you know, we got to get this money. You knew from the first few weeks there'd be so much asked of you. My heart's full of gratitude because you stayed around. You ever drove past one of those really nice churches that have really, really nice buildings and manicured lawns? Permanent seating. <laughs> beautiful aesthetics. You know those places where you can just show up on a Sunday. About the time service starts, you just soak it in. You ever drove past there and thought, must be nice. <laughs> well, I do. About every week. Must be. Must be nice. I wonder what that's like. And no diss those people that are there. It takes a unique breed of person to be in this room, I promise you that. Who says, sure, I'll be glad to give more than I've ever given and serve harder than I've ever served. And sweat more in August unloading trailers than I've ever sweat before. I didn't know you could sweat that much. Because you remember the farmer principle. I'm planting the seed and I'm cultivating the soil and I'm playing Mozart. So 100,000 people within 10 miles of my radius are going to hear and see the gospel through Covenant Church. That people are going to move from being lost people to found people, from being hopeless people to hopeful people, 
from being drowning to be, being rescued. You're doing the work of the farmer. You're doing the work of the teacher. The work of the teacher is studying and preparing and adjusting the nuance to be able to teach that perfect lesson so that that kid who doesn't ever get it will just finally get it and the light's going to come on. Some of you teachers are doing this tonight when you leave here. Like this is like giving you an excuse not to grade the papers and to write the thing. You're doing this right now. And when you go home, you're going to stay up late tonight and you're going to do this so you can go and pour yourself into those kids. You're doing the work of the soldier who's doing his or her PT and learning battle strategies and taking the night watch so that other people can sleep in peace. You get the point? See, everybody wants to come when it's on fire, when the fire's burning and it's hot and it's warm, but nobody wants to go cut the wood. Nobody wants to gather the wood. But this room is a room of wood gatherers. Say we're not in it for the sizzle. We're not in it for the <laughs> for all the things. We're in it because we're committed to making Jesus famous in our city and around the world. So, church, uh, the step before us is a pretty clear one. I think God's brought us to this space. It's miraculous if I could tell you all the things that God lined up for this. This building's been a lot of different things. Um, you're sitting in a fish restaurant. Uh, you're sitting in uh, where people practice baseball, where they uh, had line dancing. Who knows? There was a youth rave in here at one point. I remember that. A uh, little techno music going. And now God wants to use it as a gospel outpost for Bozier. You've been diligently giving to Above and Beyond. You see this on our little sheet. This is a little bit of our timeline. You've come somewhere in this. It's cool to have Lau here tonight. Lau was here on our very first Sunday, leading worship, him and Layden and some other guys up there. It's kind of cool. And uh, this is just a testimony to God's faithfulness, local faithfulness. We serve a faithful God. And in 2022, uh, we started this uh, Above and Beyond, and we've been giving. Above and Beyond simply is you give above what you normally give so the church can go beyond where it normally goes. And you've stretched, and you've counted the nickels and pennies, and you've went without, and um, I'll never be able to tell you thank you enough. God's honoring what you've given, and he's multiplying it in some incredible ways. And some of our kids in the room have taken up money and Lincoln handed me some money one time for the the new thing from us amazing just just amazing I love that some of our kids are in here and I hope they look back one day when life is really tough and they remember remember they serve a faithful God who cares about the pennies and they remember the missionaries all over the world and that the greatest thing that they can do in their life is invest it. Not for their own pleasure, but so that lost people become saved people. I got big dreams. I want to start more churches. We want to fund more missionaries. We want to serve more homeless. We want to adopt more kids. We also want to reach more of our neighbors. See, 
building a church is about making spaces and places for people. That's really what it is. You say, well, Luke, I thought the building a church was about discipleship. It is. It's about disciple making. But that typically happens in a place. It happens around a kitchen table. It happens around your living room. And it happens in beige buildings. <laughs> and uh, that's what we're pushing for. So far, our church has raised about $500,000 in the past two years for this purpose of looking for a day when we can have a facility that would literally facilitate the mission of God that he's given and put before us. And with that money, we've secured some of the land that you passed on the way here maybe. You've invested in a master plan. We've drawn up plans. And we just kept hitting roadblocks. But now we have this incredible asset that I think will be really instrumental in our next steps. Um, you got the things you want to pass those out? These are, can you give me one of those too, please? These ladies are coming back to, this is kind of our like project next step. This is our above and beyond. Uh, it's a really big sheet. I guess you could hang this in your office. Look how big this thing is. And you could think every time you're going out to eat for lunch, I shouldn't be doing this. I should be investing so that lost people be found people. As these come around, you'll see um, this is kind of like this is the last thing that we need. We're going to use the money that we've already raised, that you've already given, to help uh, build some walls in this place. This thing was built in the 70s, so everything's out of code. And the only way that we could actually occupy this space was either put fire sprinklers in it or to build fire walls. And so most of the money that we are going to invest in this place is to do that, to build some firewalls. Uh, it's going to be really basic. Don't expect, uh, don't expect something, you know, so fancy. Um, but we do want it to, to be nice. And uh, we need to raise about $250,000 uh, for FF&E, if you've ever done building projects. Um, Furniture, fixtures, and equipment, FF&E. So everything that we buy, we hope we will be able to take with us into a more permanent space. We've signed a five-year lease on this space with an option to buy it at the end of the five years. Um, we've already talked to the owner about maybe even selling our land to him and then trading some kind of thing. Or uh, We'll just see what happens. I have no idea. Five years is a long time from now. Um, but this is kind of what we need. I'm just going to walk you basically through this just real quick. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but uh, the first 50000 that we're going to raise at this two we're going to give to our mission partners, and this is our big Christmas uh, mission offering. We do this every year. Hopefully you've been preparing and budgeting for this. You're thinking about how you're going to give sacrificially to fund uh, these missionaries. And the first 50000 we we're going to raise, and you can see kind of where we invest that money in church planting and in the hub and uh, foreign missions and additional support and um, have a new missions wall in the building. Pretty excited about that. Um, it's amazing how God always brings this money. And we've had all kind of ranges of goals and we've really prayed about it. But that's where this is. Um, can I just tell you, if one of our mission partners have, have a need, we meet the need, whether we've got the money or not. Uh, we've not given raises in our church staff in probably five or six years. And our staff people are just amazing about it um, uh, many of our salaries have taken decreases because uh, we are committed to this if they've got a need we want to meet that need so um, uh, Shane texts me we paid for his uh, 
what's the last thing we paid for? We paid for him to get all his permits and stuff in the, in for the for the truck, and it was like four thousand dollars. And he called me and said, "Hey man, I just hate to be calling you." I was like, "How much you need, bro?" And uh, he said four thousand dollars. Like count us in, man. And then I got to go t- tell Jason, "Hey Jason." You got $4,000 tucked away anywhere? Because I've already sent it to him. Uh, it's on his way. God always uh, meets that need. Uh, 50000 for our worship center. I would love it if everyone just makes a commitment to buy enough chairs for your family and then enough to reach another family. Uh, the chairs are about $100 a piece. So that'd be, you know, my family, I got to come up with $1,000 just for the chairs. Um, well worth it. Uh, audio visual stage you see that on there really basic we're not doing any kind of um, anything over the top 60k going to covenant kids you see what that is 35k in the youth ministry and then 55 for the entrance and the lobby out front um, uh, I've got a little fly through video that uh, that Dave Deloach made on the software that Chug Beverage pays for and um, so uh, thank you both for, for what you've done there. Um, but you have to get that little video. I want to just show this real quickly. It can just kind of be playing behind me um, of um, what the, we hope the space looks like. Okay, that's uh, just a little vision of what we hope to accomplish if we can um, raise the funds we need to um, to make this thing um, where it needs to be. Um, I've got a couple more pictures, I think, just uh, the still shots in my notes, just of, yeah, keep going through those. You can kind of see over here, this is uh, to this side, this is our kids, main kids entrance. You can kind of see where that's at. And this is, of course, the front entrance that a lot of you walked in, adding the door to that, building the... Uh, changing the front elevation of that a little bit, I think it'd be really nice. This is the uh, blueprints of the space. We're in the sanctuary, which is over here on the on the, uh, the the right side. See the sanctuary right there. Came in the lobby. You came in. This this wall goes away over here, and it opens up into a much bigger lobby. And um, behind here is the hallway that a lot of them will take into our kids area. You can walk through and even see the kids area. Um, We've got the cases kind of marked off where uh, we're going to have to build a firewall right there. And then we're hoping that the backspace is going to be a future lease space. It's going to help us actually cover the note. 
And we'd like to get someone who will let us even use that lease space on Sunday morning um, for, for some of our kids' stuff. But these are really big rooms in the kids' area. Again, you can go over there and walk and look. Um, they're basically about the size of a garage or bigger. And um, then the youth will meet in kind of the, the rally room space, which is at the top of the screen here. You'll see that it'll be bigger than what they have now. I think they'll be able to fit about 100, 100 students in there. And um, anyway, yeah, that's, that's the thing. We've got minimal things that we have to work on, just a few things in the bathrooms. We don't have to put a lot of money into this. You remember the hailstorm that came a couple, uh, maybe, a, maybe a year ago, two years ago? Basically, it paid for have a new roof, uh, a new ceiling, uh, and new AC units in this space. They've just been changed. Um, the owner of the building is going to pour us a parking lot for about 90 cars, and he's doing that at, at his cost, which is about $350,000 and we don't have to pay for that. And then we are going to invest in the rest of this space um, to make it look and feel more like um, home. So back to this real quickly. Um, I really feel like we're gonna have to push outside of our local church body, you in this room, to actually meet this goal. And so you might start thinking about people in your family that might get excited about uh, helping us prepare this facility and um, or you might have some specific things that you want uh, to give towards. We're going to take up uh, our big missions offering at the end of the year like normal. And we're kind of combining it all in one thing, above and beyond Christmas mission edition. And, um, and then we'll have another one, um, hopefully right the Sunday before Palm Sunday, a big celebration offering. And that will also mark the end of our above and beyond. Um, so those of you who have committed to that, keep giving to that. If you've come since then and you want to jump on, uh, feel free to do so. It would be uh, a joy to have you on that team with us. And uh, the hope is, the hope is, realistic hope, I think, is to move in the Sunday after Easter. Um, it takes a few months to get all the permits even going and then uh, two or three months of construction. And then that's, that's our deadline. So that's, uh, I think that's what I need to tell you about that. Um, here's what I want you to do. I just want you to ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me do? And just listen to him. And whatever he puts in your heart, that's what you should do. And um, God owns everything, and he can meet every need. Um, the reason we give so much to missions really started in uh, my dad's heart, my mom and dad's heart. And dad, my dad used to tell me all the time, son, you can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. And so we put him to the test at Covenant Church. Lord, <laughs> we try and outgive him, and he just keeps being faithful to us. So I want to end by praying and then uh, invite you to go walk the space, prayer walk the space. We'll have some music playing in here. Uh, if you need to jet, grab a kid, go back there, grab a kid. We've got kids all over the city, whatever you got to do to go get your kids. Go get your kids, though. That'd be, that'd be helpful. Um, I don't know if they want to spend the night at the office or wherever they're at. Um, from the bottom of my heart, I want you just to hear just the overwhelming gratitude. And I can just imagine what God's going to do to use this church as a gospel outpost to reach these neighbors that are all around us and the neighborhood over here and uh, redeem the space uh, for something incredible. Let me pray for us, and then I encourage you um, to go walk around that space and walk through the back halls. God, uh, we just thank you for your grace, for your mercy. Thank you for uh, all the men and women and students in this place who 
I would have sacrificed, has sacrificed a lot to be here. And some, as we looked at those older pictures, have been here for a decade or more, and they've just been faithfully serving and not complaining. About the, <clears throat> the AC in the gym and how it's freezing cold in one space and hot in another, and they just set up chairs and tear down chairs, and they just were moving kids' spaces around, and they just, they're just in it. And I'm just so thankful for them. And they've been doing the work of the athlete and no shortcuts and of the soldier with the wartime mentality and of the teacher. They've been investing and of the farmer. They've been planting seeds. Lord, you know the hearts of these people. They're not the kind of people that just sit around and wait for someone else to start the fire. They're, they're gathering the wood. Lord, I pray you've been so faithful to us for 12 going on 13 years. And Lord, I pray that that's just the tip of the iceberg that we see. That we see more missionaries raised up out of our local church and sent out to really hard places. And more church planners that we're able to bless and love on and fund. And more kids adopted and fostered than we ever thought imaginable. More homeless and those in poverty served and loved on as if they were our own. And Lord, more lost people cross the line of faith to join us as a spiritual family. They would even make sense. God, we know that you can do more above and beyond what we could think or even ask. So we ask that you do it. Lord, I pray that you would answer the prayers of your people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.